ProEDU.com makes photography tutorials. I'm not talking about that YouTube What's Up Guys stuff either. I'm talking the real education you get from years of experience. From those that have been there, failed there, and learned from it. ProEDU's like David Lynch and Lynda.com made a baby. That's ProEDU. ProEDU once got a call from an Ivy League photography professor asking if he could use their classes to teach from. ProEDU told him to take a hike. We don't work for free. I don't know about you, but I take comfort in that. ProEDU.com. Taking her easy for all us photographers. Welcome to the podcast that is guaranteed to improve not only your photography, but your mind, body, and spirit as well. Full of interviews with the top image makers in the industry, where we talk photography, drink whiskey, and fill up the bathtub with high life and PBR. So grab a juice box and a handful of unsalted almonds and get ready for the show. In this episode, we are sitting down with the one, the only, El Nino Batista, and the Dr. David, Dr. Dave, he's back. Davey? He never left, El actually. Nino. El Ni- Who's El Nino? That's what I want to know. That's, that's you, know. which is Spanish for the Nino. <laughs> Accurate. Yes, I am the Nino. No. No way. You're El Nino. El Nino. So yeah. That's a weather phenomenon, actually. You are a, a phenomenon of perfect skin, <laughs> and that's what we're here to do this week, right? Yeah, that's what. Well, that's what I was told. Yeah, that's what I've been trying for. How's that? We had a hell of a week. You taught your ass off. I did. I'm sick of my own voice. So these headphones are murder right now. What do you mean? I thought we fixed that. <laughs> we did fix the headphones. No, but man, I talked a lot the other night. I was losing my voice, and I thought the next day we were toast. Yeah, but seriously, I, you weren't here. All right, so. What would you say we did this week? What did we accomplish? What did we accomplish this week? Um, well, we organized my ass for the first time in, how old am I? 44 years. There's that. But also, the most comprehensive, detailed, retouching anything I've ever put together. That's for sure. And uh, by I, I mean David. Let's be honest. Yeah. I want to talk about, and David, feel free to jump in whenever. I want to talk about the evolution of how we planned this, where it started and where it ended, mm. and walk through that. So, Wow. that's. I mean, that's taking it back a couple of weeks. Yeah, right? <laughs> Way back. So, all right. So I'll start it out with, COVID we happened. knew that you were a, a phenomenal teacher and knower of things, digital photography and retouching. So when COVID hit, we wanted to you know, pivot a little bit and start with a retouching only with you. Mm. And we didn't know what exactly that was, but we knew that you have, you know, everything from your own panels, plugins, actions, like you shoot glamour. We didn't know if we were going to start there, but we ended up with something completely different. So we did, didn't we? Let's talk about that journey. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it started with a phone call, number one, about finding out if there would be interest in doing a tutorial. And back then there wasn't a, a COVID on the horizon. It's true though. Yeah. So originally we had kind of talked a little bit about doing a more traditional tutorial where we did some shooting and we did some retouching and then the world stopped and we kind of shifted focus. And I think that's where we catch up to your side. Yeah. So we were going to do a glamour right. tutorial. And we started thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, I was, I was 
I was like, shit, I don't know. Like, I don't maybe want to be associated with that. You know what I mean? Like, no, I get it. You, you definitely get it. And you bring it up a lot. And I like, do. you, like, you preface, like, yeah, I'm the guy. And like, you, okay. you accurately, like, defend yourself because it, glamour has got such a bad rap, rightfully so, Absolutely from a few so. bad people. Absolutely. So, you know, talk about that. Yeah, no, um, I say it openly, not so much to be an apologist, but a realist because it is. Um, I don't know the numbers I can't claim to, but based on my experience, I would say two-thirds of the guys shooting Glamour are in it for the wrong reasons. I'm not saying they're all predators. I'm not saying they're all going to hurt anybody. I think that's a smaller subset, but those guys are out there. But I think a solid two-thirds are like, I like hot chicks. I want to shoot boobs. And that's where it ends. And so when someone comes up to me and they don't know me and I have to introduce what I do, yeah, I, I kind of start with an apology, but it is what it is. That's the reality of it. I'm always interested in these guys that, that people talk about, obviously in fashion and everything they yeah. exist. Um, like the guys that you're saying that just want to shoot boobs on mm -hmm. a regular basis. That's yeah. the whole reason they're in it. So it seems like, yeah. How do those guys even get good enough that models and, and girls want to keep working with them? You know, if you don't have the passion for it, I mean, let's face it, yeah. learning this, this whole field takes a really, really, <laughs> really long time and a lot of experience and a lot of shooting. So why would anybody endure all of that if their whole motivation, 100% motivation was just to see boobs? Sexual frustration is a it hell of a thing a for a, thing, a man. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> drives you to do some crazy shit. Is this from experience? <laughs> I mean, I think, well, everyone's been through it. You know what I mean? Right. At some point in your adolescent life, you know? Adolescent but, life. That was like last week for you. But David's over here shaking his head. You know what I mean? But for some people, they just take it way too far. And like, yeah, they lose. They're creepy about it. And I think there's fun. way more other things than sexual frustration that go into like course, some yeah. people taking it way too far. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, David certainly knows psychology behind all this stuff. But what I've noticed is that um, oddly enough, I think a lot of men who get into shooting pretty girls um, and never get really that good at it. I think they do it all just for the, quote, bragging rights. So that moment that they message their friend or go to the bar and say, look what I shot today, some garbage, but it's a pretty girl, right? And, and the guy, their buddies go, man, you're the luckiest guy in the world. And that's all the validation they need. I think there's a huge motivation behind, behind, behind feeling like you can brag about that. I really do. Yeah. Because those guys will come up to me and talk that way with me like I'm on that same wavelength. Like, you know what I'm saying, dude? And they start some, talking some garbage or whatever. And I'm... I'm like, no, man, you're barking up the wrong tree on that. Yeah. I, I just, these guys are decent photographers. No, they're not like, always, not okay, usually. So that, that's the thing I don't understand is if you devoted, and again, I'll go back to this passion yeah. and just this motivation and what it takes to continue to work a craft all the time. Right. Like if, if that's, I, I almost feel like they got corrupted somewhere along the line because, you know, if you, I mean, if you're going to devote the time to this, it can't be just for a cheap kick i think that someone like yourself who's very passionate about your work and your photography it may seem impossible but there's some people who have no passion at all they just want to point a camera at a pretty girl and that's it that's where it ends and they get a little bit better so they can maybe attract more pretty girls to shoot with them that's all i can think of i sucked at first like everyone right and i didn't like my work and i wasn't reaching out to top models who were super experienced and they wouldn't give me the time of day the work wasn't there but my motivation was always, I want, I want this shit to look good. Pretty girls are pretty girls. And I made all the standard, you know, stereotypical nonsense shooting bikinis in studio and silly stuff like that that I never liked. Um, I did it all. Yeah, but I never did it with, like, I want to see boobies. I want to see this girl yeah. go out with me. Yeah. You know, that's not why I did it. And I, 
it's just a reality. You mentioned fashion a second ago, David. Right. Fashion is hardly exempt from this. Just because glamour no, is more no, in your face. Not. Yeah, I know that. No. Uh, glamour may be more in your face with the sexuality. It's the redheaded stepsister of fashion. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. So Close relation. Right. So it's under the same roof. <laughs> when it's in the same bunk. room, maybe. It's a bunk bed. It's, it's a bunk bed, <laughs> It's right? lower bunk. They're pretty much the same person. <laughs> the same person this entire day. No, um, like anything, man. I mean, you could say a thing about like the music industry. If you think about it a lead guitarist in a rock band, he's probably what? And Jack Daniels slugging, womanizing jerk, right? You know, that's those stereotypes. And those exist for a reason. What's and wrong he, with Jack Daniels? And Hold on, back it up a second. So Look, I, was talking just, about I feel right. attacked. So I feel attacked. Are you a rock and roll guitarist? Triggered. <laughs> <laughs> no, triggered. but I'm an avid Jack Daniels drinker, and now I'm triggered. Okay, so Jack Daniels wasn't the point. Okay, right? well. It was, it was, you know, you could, you could find a stereotype in every genre. So glamour gets a stereotype badly, but... When you hear about a, a full-on sexual predator as a photographer, sometimes they're in fashion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, most of the biggest ones mm -hmm. that have made the news were all in fashion. That's true. That's yeah. true. All right. All so in, in the planning of your tutorial, yeah. at, at least from my perspective, when we started really breaking down the curriculum, I was like, okay, like your knowledge is so like in depth and you can talk for so long about any one tool and it's at the advanced level like at the highest level, in my opinion, of someone who can sit there and talk. Like you talked for five straight days, all day, every day, barely messed up once, and really didn't repeat yourself that often. Like you wove in stories. Anyway, mm -hmm. so in the planning of that, it was clear that it, like, oh, this isn't like a glamour tutorial. This is no, just totally a tutorial sure. on skin, yeah. advanced skin retouching. Right. So skin retouching can be almost any genre. It's portrait yeah. photographers, it's fashion, it's glamour. There's a human in it. You just happen to have had the most experience because you've been giving subjects who have had the most amount of skin in the photo. I mean, yeah, glamour and Not skin a lot of clothes on or naked. <laughs> not enough is a relative term. Yeah. <laughs> not yes, enough. You're right. you're not right. enough clothes on. Yeah, I wanted to shoot glamour, and if I didn't want it to, if I wanted to look commercial grade on it, I had to learn skin retouching. Yeah, because you're publishing for the highest level of publication, you know, cover of Playboy. Right. That requires the utmost attention to detail of the smallest detail. And the way that you broke your workflow down is just com complete control of every single aspect. And that, in my opinion, is like that is commercial workflow because you go back and forth and clients, you'll never know what a client says like, hey, yeah. touch this up. You need to go back to that exact layer and have complete control, yeah. which is ultimately, David, what do you think about our tutorial that we just made? Man, it's good, um, and it's and it's not even really done yet. We have some we have some more filming to do tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Surprise! I don't I don't know. The but. tutorial's done. We we have additional yeah, content. Yeah, the, I mean, I think Nino absolutely nailed it. Just frame after frame. I think we've done a take two maybe three times in five days. So yeah, it's pretty pretty phenomenal performance. Well, you guys let me improvise. You gave me a script. We have a disaster. I'll tell you that yeah. Right now. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> I don't know if people realize that we're how unscripted that we right. are. I mean, we yeah. we obviously put you through an outline process. You had to come uh, with a pretty good idea of where things were going, and then uh, when we sat down on pre-production day, we destroyed that entire outline. Yes, we did. Took it in a completely different direction. <laughs> yeah, which um, is normal, like you do. Right? Yeah, but you know, I mean, the the good thing is, is I think we landed in this place that's about retouching skin more specifically than anything. Right. Um, but there's so much more to it. We get to see, you know, we don't stop at perfecting the skin. We went into color grading. We went into 
Who old. doesn't love color grading, right? I mean, everybody loves color grading, right. but I think the way that you do color grading is kind of unique. You're thinking about it from the raw file on. You are really considering... I mean, I, I thought it was really interesting to see you kind of flatten images often in contrast, but then through ways of playing with tools and especially your kind of little compressor method, <laughs> yeah. uh, capping how high highlights could go and how deep shadows could go and then just messing with everything right. in the middle. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, I'm not going to lie. There was at least twice that I was looking at it like, what are you doing right now? Like, this is going to explode this and, and just waiting for the cut to be like, yeah. Gary, I think we made a mistake. Like, this guy's <laughs> utterly destroying this photo. But then seeing that come to fruition with a right. plan, I mean, it's pretty phenomenal. Cool. I, th I think we have a really unique tutorial in, in that you show quick ways to do things. But, um, and, and even, even when it seems like you're going off course, if you trust the process, <laughs> trust you get the process. amazing results in the end. And I admit openly that my method, you know, I say, oh, let me preface that. I really admit openly that my first lesson and only lesson in retouch came from Pratik. And that was almost a decade ago. He lives in Houston. I live in Houston. I booked him. Um, that's how I met him. And we became friends after that, which is fine. But ever since then, since I had the, you know, clouds parting and the light coming down, the angels singing like epiphany about retouching because of Pratik, since then I have been pulling it out of my ass just just evolving what he taught me learning a small it's thing disgusting dude isn't it though yeah. yeah yeah i mean it's interesting watching the two like the, even the difference in your guys's methods because i mean arguably again you're you're photographing things that have a ton of skin yeah and, and but your your methodology is is still quick other than you know everybody has to sacrifice to the dodge and burn god absolutely so, I mean, that takes yep. time but your method is rather rather quick um and i mean again just very creative very different um just i, I mean it, you you took this whole thing in a place that i've never seen anybody else do so well good i'm glad to hear that because uh, you know when you first when you guys first mentioned this to me um my first thought was okay i've seen these they're extremely well produced um i didn't know what production would be like but i kind of figured it'd be somehow super rigid maybe you know structured and organized and it is organized but like maybe overly so for me and a script and all this and i thought oh boy you know and then when i got here and you guys let me just improvise which is when i when actually I was thinking about my workflow and i was like they are gonna watch this and go what what is he doing it's you know because a lot of it i just i don't know there might be a better way for a lot of the steps there well could be i don't know but i know the result i get and that's what i like so you said well produced what do you mean by well produced like What's what does that? that mean to you you it, said like obviously like you guys make i saw a few and they're very well produced like, they're well produced yeah. what does that mean to you so apart from you know the video quality and the, the cool color grading and the titles and motion graphics but it's the pacing they never get uh, boring there it's like the storytelling is really good so it feels cinematic in a way and it draws you in and it doesn't feel like it goes too fast or too slow how's that you know what i mean like there's there's yeah. there's a training type video like on youtube that gets to the point in three seconds gives you the point in three minutes and you're out no fluff but if you want that little tiny nugget of information you know the context it's cool but yours have this storytelling quality and that's right. what i mean it's not utility. That's what I was after. So YouTube tutorials are great. And those are a reference for, I can't figure it out. I don't know it. I don't yeah. want to call my dad. Yeah. I'm going to go to YouTube yeah. to get this question quickly. That's a completely different product. And YouTube has a place. We all love YouTube. Everyone should sure. start on YouTube. But when you get done with trying to figure out how to do stuff 
and you actually want to be entertained with <laughs> some sort of story or narrative yeah. or why, um, that's how we approach like a, a production. So yeah. when you were talking about like organized and, you know, scripted, we write outlines so we can stay on story at, and tell the story in a, in a logical sequence or right. in, a, in, a, in, in order, yeah. sequential. So you can stay on topic and you can remember <laughs> certain things because as a teacher, it's almost impossible for you to remember what to say in order. Yeah. But if you're prompted with certain things on, all right, talk about this now. Absolutely. Then you become the storyteller and we just become the managers of keeping your brain telling that story. I need order. lots of management on that front. Because be we film for, you know, five, six, seven days in a row. You know, what, 10 hours a day or something? You can't do both. It's, it's a kind of the same of like being the photographer and the digital tech the whole yeah. week. You just need to be creative. We're just the digital techs of capturing it, right. essentially. And, like, you know, David directing it and writing it and making sure that, hey, this is actually, like, valuable shit that people want to learn. Yeah. I admit that aspect of it was new because I put together a bajillion little videos over the years for YouTube. And, like, I take that from farm to market. A I bajillion? A bajillion. You have a bajillion? I might it's be exaggerating. It's just a gajillion. It's not oh. a bajillion. That was, that was hyper. How many zeros are on a bajillion? Uh, it's 17. What's after zillion? Um, Google. So there's billion, trillion, then what? Quadrillion, actually. It's a quadrillion. Is <laughs> that a, that's a thing? That's a, is that legit? What yes, it is? Yeah. Then what's or after that? Quintillion. Quintillion. <laughs> How many tillions do you know? Keep going, Nito. Sextillion, septillion, octillion, nonillion, and after that, I'm lost. I have no idea. Oh. So you can get to like <laughs> nine, a lot. like ten times a trillion. Yeah. Then you say Google or Googleplex, and now mind blown, and we're done. Right? It's just to Maybe. infinity square. Do you know what Googleplex <laughs> is? Or am I, am I the only super nerd here? Come on. I mean, <laughs> I guess the I guess Google I don't know what that highest, is. I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to explain that. No, I've you know, heard it. Do you know what a Google is? Yeah. A one with 100 zeros after it, not yeah. a search engine. <laughs> yeah. So a Googleplex is a one with a Google zeros after it. Which is just infinity. M Mind-blowing. Wow. <laughs> All right. So let's back up to El Nino. Right. Little Nino. Oh, God. The weather system. Yeah, the weather system. Um, how did you get to know so much about retouching? How did I get to know so much about retouching? Um, apart from just being obsessed with it, it might have started, um, let's call it negatively. It might have started because I was, I hated sucking at it. It was embarrassing and I didn't like that I sucked at it. And I was like, I want my stuff to look good. And I had a Photoshop background. I've been on Photoshop since 1991. Graphic design. So I had this arrogance going in, like, you kidding and get into photography 12 years ago shit photoshop i got this and legendarily i like to say i didn't got this um no nothing applied nothing at all so i did all the standard crap that people did the blurring of the skin and the fake noise and to add texture back and all the things um it was bad it was really bad and i was embarrassed and so i said i want to learn this stuff and then i've literally this is this is testament to critique never went to college Popped out of high school just barely. Didn't even consider college. Never went to a community college type thing or any type of educational facility at all. Never even so much as took training until critique in whatever it was 10 years ago because I knew I really wanted to do it. And I figured this is actually detailed enough that I'm not going to figure this out on my own, you know. And so I said, I need to invest in this. And I did literally the only time. But that's all I needed, man. I need that little spark. And once I got that spark, it went from I'm desperate to learn this to excitement. I was just so passionate about it because now he like broke all the barriers down and like, you know, like I said, removed the clouds and it was clear as day. 
I needed to practice a lot, but I had no problem with that because I was obsessed with it. Absolutely so obsessed with would it. Would you call Pratik your personal Jesus? Or? I would. I would absolutely call him my personal Jesus. He changed your life? I thought his name was personal. Patrick. Personal. <laughs> Just got to reach out. You thought, it, you thought his name was That's Patrick? Right. His is name is Patrick, right? No, yeah. he likes to joke about that, obviously. All right, so let's back up. Mm. You just mentioned after high school, if I remember hearing this correctly. Yes. You did not go to any formal training education, no None. college. None. All right, so think back. Mm. You just graduated high school. Where were you and what was on your horizon? What were you planning on doing? Okay, so when I was 16, before high school ended, my father, who's a photographer, but also was a computer programmer in the oil industry in the 80s and um, systems analyst, and my mom was a school teacher. So in 1992 or one, um, like oil industry does, laid off my dad, and my mom and him made a plan that they were going to start a business, which they've done before, apparently, in the 70s. I was alive, not alive, but they tried that, and they were going to do it again. Because my dad was leaving the oil, not by choice, and my mom decided to retire from teaching, and they started a graphic design company because yours truly was doing graphic design at that point for four or five years, goofing around on Apple II GS and then early Mac II systems and things like that. Um, a lot of influence from my uncle, who lived in Houston at the time, who was a graphic designer. So they, my brother was also a coder, a programmer. He was two years older than me, and my parents, maybe naively, we all said, let's start a business. I was 16. I want to do graphics for a living. That sounds fun. So by the time I was graduating from high school, we were running a company. It wasn't huge. It was just us, you know, doing local design work, but I was working. So it wasn't like, oh, I'm out of high school. What do I do? Let me go find a part-time job. No, I was working. I was doing client work. So, um, again, very small scale, but I was doing it. So that was, that was it. That's what I was doing. I was already working. So I just kept working. And you're a musician also at this point. Uh, at that point, probably like four years. Yeah, just goofing around, messing around with high school bands and being loud and obnoxious. What was your first band? First band. What was the band name? What was the band name? Los Niños? It was not Los Niños. <laughs> <laughs> it was not any of that. Um, I think it was, oh, it's a real pretentious one. I think it was Polyhymnia. What does that mean? What the heck? <laughs> Googleplex so Polyhymnia. This was, this was yeah, mid-90s, early 90s, something like that. Um, Polyhymnia was some kind of mythological muse or something, Greece or ancient Rome or some shit. I don't know, but it was something, some kind of muse of music or something. And somehow our, you know, 20-year-old brains, 19-year-old brains at the time said, that's a thing, and we called ourselves Polyhymnia. Yeah. All right. So you're out of school for a few years. You're You're in a band. You're thinking about another band probably <laughs> at some point you know how musicians work when did you really start considering photography like what led you to like that first gig yeah like lead up to, you know in extreme detail walk us Painful up until detail. that first paid gig. three hours later um that was in 2000 no the first gig no but the real initiative was in 2008 the economy was dying said company that i'd started with my yocho right the Ocho. <laughs> the company my parents started had evolved in multiple ways. I started doing my own thing a little bit. Um, so that company was still around. Look but at David's on fucking Instagram. Just I'm, I'm actually. He's just so on is, Instagram. I'm trying to figure out yeah. if Nino ever deletes work. We're trying to get to the bottom of his feed. And this is. Oh, you've pretty, been. 
Yeah, oh, like, he's been like, scrolling. I've I've just been like, David's over here on fucking Instagram during <laughs> no, this conversation. I'm, I'm, I'm well, not talking. This is leading to more conversation. Okay. Is okay. Yeah, is okay. it? It looks this like is... you're just looking at tits. <laughs> I look over and he's just scrolling I mean, through <laughs> tits and ass. This is Nino's work we're I know, talking I about. I know, I know. It's not like I hashtagged it. I know, I just, but from I my perspective, I just looked over and I was like, what is he doing over there? Like David's, David's kind of quiet. He's just not even, he's not, he's not looking at us in the eyes. <laughs> and I just see tits and ass on the Instagram. So I Busted. Mean, I was curious, though, whether or not you yeah. ever deleted any of your work. I, mean, I certainly have. Exactly yeah. how far back we could get to see the, like, the evolution of Nina. Yeah. All right, yeah. Nina, I'm sorry. I interrupted. This is, this, that was funny. This is directly related to <laughs> the question. Take, how, did, how did this Take start? us up to that first paid gig. Like, What led you into photography? Yeah. Why did you think you could make money off of it? So my story isn't... Um, Glamorous. It's, <laughs> got jokes. <laughs> David Parrish here all night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Uh, my story isn't full of. It's <laughs> actually really good. Like, yeah, I award you. Good night. Good night. I award you right. ten tassels. Yes, right. Thank you you and one here. internet for today. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, um, so I told you my dad was a photographer, right? And then kind of moved into that as well as graphic design too. He did that too, but he moved back into photography full time and um, started switching. He switched to luxury real estate, so he did portraiture my whole life up until nineties and he switched to luxury real estate and worked for brokers and, you know, home builder, things like that. And so dad did photography, not what I did. Right. It was, that's what dad did. It's cool. I've helped him. I've put the, you know, the light meter in my face, 5.6, 5.6 and two thirds. All right. I, I was that guy. I helped him. I went to, I assisted at weddings, Gary, in my, as a teenager. That's when I learned I'm never shooting weddings. But his main thing was luxury real estate? By that, that point, by business? the mid to late 90s. Yeah, so that kept going for a while. Um, and then in 2008, with the crash of everything, my gra graphic design client list was almost nothing. Um, by 2009, my then wife, now ex-wife, got laid off. Everything was falling apart. So I was like, I have to do something. I've been dabbling with photography. Borrowed some gear from dad and went for it. And I remember him looking at me like, you know what? And I said, show me what you know. I kind of know this stuff. I grew up with it. Give me some basics. So dad gave me some basics. And I started shooting and playing and it didn't fix anything. I mean, it was a long-term thing to start a new career. So 2009 was a disaster. 2010 was a further disaster. Just building something, moving into a small apartment from our home, da da da, da. Um, And then I brazenly, because I'm a car guy, I like, I'm a car guy who doesn't like car guys, but I like cars. And, um, I, uh, I reached out to a company because I just happened to drive by in my neighborhood. Not really, just down the road a little bit. And they had exotic cars out front and all this. And I said, ooh, I'm a photographer now. I want to shoot exotic cars because I like them. Maybe I can just offer it to do it for free. You know, like whatever. So I found their email, sent them an email. This is before social media was everything. So send them an email. Um, is said, it everything though, Nino? Is my, it? Well, I mean, David can't get off it. Look at him. Yeah, he's I mean, I'm, still I'm scrolling. Still trying to find the bottom of this. <laughs> Why? Feed. What, the, what is the bottom of his Instagram? Feed? It's probably a picture of just a looking at mine. The, I, I mean, how could it take that long, too? It doesn't take that long to get the bottom. You're I'm, going slow. I'm dude. literally <laughs> only into 2014. Like, yeah. Yeah. this is a legitimate, it, I see like, you cultivated. Full feed. screening, a lot of these. I mean, I do have to inspect and see the Jeez quality occasionally. Louise. Right? Can't take yeah. him anywhere. I'm just checking the quality of the photos. Just like you time. read the articles. Well, the further okay. it goes back, the worse it'll get. Right. So, all right. So, yeah, all right. Like, so when you borrowed so, your dad's, so he tried stuff. to shoot. He tried to shoot luxury cars back in the day. I found some of them. <laughs> <laughs> Did 
Did you? I'm glad that he stuck with uh, right. Glamour because some of these car photos, you know, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> All right. So if you're a car guy, what's your fi- like? what kind of cars are you into? I'm a bit of a snot. I like the exotics, European exotics. Mostly. Which ones, though? Oh, which ones? Goodness. Um, Look at that much every exotic that's a, is that's Look at that watermark car. That's a German car. What are you pointing at? No, uh, well, definitely. So that's his German cars, yeah? Yeah. The Germans do make They make cars. Badass cars. They do, but I'm just not real excited about them. They last forever. Yeah. And they're overpowered. What are you not that. excited about with German cars? They're just really reliable with, and they have too much torque. That's about it. They're really? <laughs> no, I do like. Is that a compliment and or no, a. But, I mean, Porsche. Yeah. Come on. Hello. Come on. Yeah. Porsche. Hello. Uh, but no, but I, I I mean, for lack of a better term, I uh, look at that old one there. Yeah. 2013 car. 2013. Is that the first photo? What's no, the first photo? It's, it's, it just Will you just scroll going. faster? David? <laughs> Jeez it, Louise. Researching. I remember my first day on Instagram. Holy cow. All right. So what was, was the gear that you borrowed from your dad? Was this film? Was this digital? It was digital. It was his 10D. Canon 10D. Canon 10D. Which is old what the at hell that was that? I don't even, I didn't yeah. know that camera existed. It did. It, the 1D came out and then the 10D came out. And this was 2000. Four. So it was an old camera. Tendi. It was an old camera. It was a Tendi at the time. Tendi. Yeah. That's blurry. Why is that blurry? Oh, it's an Instagram filter. Is that his first it? photo? It might be early one. Oh, we're no. not even there yet. God, dude. I didn't Jeez. use Instagram for my... You used to do my my know what? I'm going like to have to look it up now and oh, boy. just get to the end of it. This is, the end so of the only rainbow. now you guys are on my Instagram? Well, well I've wow. never gone to the end of it. How many times do you try to go to the end of it? I've never gone to the end of anyone's Your children are babies now. I know. They're They're babies. You keep scrolling. I know. Like you don't even actually have photos anymore. Let's see how fast I can. At that point, it's just like you know. Well, I guess Instagram does. He's taking pictures of Red Bull with random shit. What's that first photo? Is that probably my kid? Found the very first one. That looks like the interior of a Mercedes. Back in 2012, Nino got three likes on the inside. Look, is that a Ferrari? It's not a Ferrari. That okay? That's a Ferrari. Ferrari. The interior. That's a 612. Yes. Um. And I, fart putty. Fart putty, yeah. Flarp. Fart flarp. Putty. Flarp putty. Flarp putty. My early Instagram was a confused time. You just got two likes. But whose Instagram isn't a confused time? It, yeah, it really on. hasn't changed, though. I'm still pretty confused, to be honest. I feel like it was more confusing if you got know, right? on Instagram within 16, like the first four years, three years yeah, of yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Before it really blew up. I think, I think it was my now ex-wife who told me, you should play with Instagram, and I did, and I was like, "This is stupid." Like eight or nine years ago, best advice she ever gave you. <laughs> All right, so gear. Right, so he let me. He's got hair. the tindy. Holy cow! Is, that? is that? That's me. Oh. That's my sixteen-year-old daughter at like one. Oh, this conversation with David on Instagram is <laughs> the, the best. How do, how do All we, right, how so now that you scrolled through uh, three thousand <laughs> so images, is, what what do you got? Look, what do you got to bring this, to the table? All right, so this mm. appears to be maybe the first glamour-ish photo. That is a Instagram, screen photo. Which is That's a, a photo. photo. I'm so glad screen. that everyone listening can see what but, you're talking right, about. Right. Look here. Holy we cow, he comes this. to an audio podcast and he makes it visual, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. He's got a whole PowerPoint ready. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Good Lord. I don't even want to talk anymore. All right. Well, you, you discovered the bowels of my Instagram and you found <laughs> my toddler daughter. Pretty exciting, huh? <laughs> We're still in the middle of getting to your first shoot. So right, you borrowed, right. you so borrowed, borrowed gear. gear from your dad. Right. And um, mm-hmm. started farting around with that. And uh, like I said, okay, so the car thing. So the car thing, right? So Excuse I reached me. out to this company and I said, I'd shot a little bit of like my now ex-wife and a couple other models at that point. And I sent an email to this company. I said, can I shoot your cars? No reply. So two weeks later, I had a brainstorm, and I said, can I shoot your cars with models on them? They replied in an hour, and they were like, yes, you can. 
So that was a company called Autodynamica, who I still have a great relationship with, Luis Galang, great guy. Um, he mostly does now um, vintage Porsche resto mods and all that. But he said, yeah. And I said, oh, crap, now what? How do I shoot a model with a Ferrari? I have no idea. So I, at the time, I was talking to this dude who was sort of my assistant, I guess, at the time. I said, can you come out and help me? You're um, either an assistant or you're not an assistant. How do you, hard, hard how do you what's the gray area time? of sort of? Um, how do I explain how do you, this? How, what do you like? What are you paying him? Like kind of paying him? No, but he's really kind of paying like him. That's been generous. shooting at this point. He he doesn't know anything. Mm. Yeah, but I want to I want to go further into sorta assistant. And, and I'm, I'm curious on sorta. Sort of. Okay, sort of. Because usually an assistant is an absolute. You are an assistant, right? You aren't. I want to know your definition of why this person was sorta. So assistant. he's sort of my assistant because. Um, because I wasn't paying him, and I feel guilty saying assistant. No, um, he was actually a. Those are called interns. I have those, but he wasn't that either. He, that he was the. He became the. Ex- was he there for experience? No, he. He, he didn't want to be there at all. It, mm, he hated the did experience. You kidnap him. Okay, so now <laughs> we're going. He didn't want to be there. Now we're and you weren't paying him. No, here you go. So he showed up as at the time a boyfriend of a model that I shot in 2010 or something, and. Um, they broke up and he kept in touch with me because of cars. We like cars, right? And so we kept, you know, you know, talking shit about cars on Facebook or whatever. And um, then him and her broke up and then I was like, well, I'm going to try to start shooting you them cars. The only thing that was left? What? Who? You were the only thing that was left? I was the, the break. only thing that was left. That he got dramatic quick. Uh, not so much. <laughs> try, I mean, this is what I do. I try to add interest into your story. You agitate. <laughs> So you're saying my story's not interesting. Okay. I didn't right. say that. Why are you no. looking at me? I mean, you're saying my story's not I'm looking at me say that. <laughs> Look at David and say that. All right, David Parrish. Whoa, shit. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> what was that? Damn it, Nino's <laughs> basket of nuts. Yeah, that you broke. You kicked that. I, I, I did just kick. I didn't know it was under the table. All right, we'll have to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> Can't take you guys anywhere. This is the longest, like, first part of the story. <laughs> yeah. We haven't even gotten past 2010 at this point. We're all right, be here so all you're, night. you're photographing um, cars. I, I, and I said, hey, and man, you, you have come? some sort of intern slash What year did you start? Assistant. 1973. No. That was <laughs> <laughs> oh, 75. No, so I went and shot the cars with the girls because... You know, the company wanted to have girls there. So I called on a couple of models. I made some promises I didn't know I could keep by shooting with his guided cars, and they're going to be amazing. We went to a parking garage roof at night with big giant umbrellas and wind. You can imagine how that ended up. Please tell me this photo shoot's in your Instagram. It might be. Don't know. Anyway, it was two silver Ferraris, uh, the 360, and at the time, an F430, a new one. And the model was... Leanne. How you like that memory? And so I shot that. And then because I got into the car industry, the local regional car industry with Autodynamica, I went to some, whatever that, I forgot they invited me, some, some kind of fancy party for rich dudes and their exotic cars at a big um, exotic car reseller near in the same town. They said, you come shoot it, we'll pay you. Shoot a party, what the hell, right? We need no money. So I went and shot the party and I met a bunch of exotic car tuning companies and owners there. Fast forward, long story short, in 2012, I shot over 200 cars and I thought it was going to be a car photographer i was making a career now you know nothing was solid but the money was flowing and i was shooting exotic cars for resellers and tuning shops in south texas a lot when you say the money was flowing can be more specific what was 
What was flowing about it? Well, so I was. I Which was, money were you making? I'm gonna just go out. And, I'm just gonna ask. You can <laughs> yeah. deny it. You no, can, no, you, can, it, you can not answer it. Between fifteen hundred and two thousand a week, shooting okay. exotic and cars. And how old are you? Uh, Ten years ago, so that would make me thirty-four. Sixty-four. Sixty-four years old. I feel it sometimes. Sixty-four. Especially when you sit on this desk for five okay. days straight. So you're in your early thirties, mm-hmm. and. Making fifteen hundred? What'd you say? 1, About fifteen hundred dollars a week on that. Week? Keep in All mind, right. this is after a full collapse of losing a business, ex-wife losing her job, and uh, so at this point, this was absolutely luxurious because we were building back up. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a respectable. Absolutely. Of that. Oh, I was thrilled to get paid to to do what you love. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and there's nothing better than that. Sure. All right. So, what point did you stop doing cars, and why? So, a handful of local companies in Houston that I was working with for the exotic car reselling market and tuning market within a couple of months tops um, late that summer, 2012 said they started going internal. Oh, we got a guy now. We're just going to take pictures on his iPhone. <laughs> and then, That's going to be the thumbnail of totally this episode. Is. Dave, I just took it. What did you find? I don't know, but you know what? You know what's <laughs> funny about David? He says you can't multitask. You cannot. So you can't be part of this conversation and scroll through no, his I Instagram. Mean, so just to be clear, <laughs> I can't hear everything you're no, saying. That's multitasking. <laughs> you you give me a hard time for it. I'm going to give you a hard time right. for it. All right, all right, huh? continue. So what happened was that they went sort of internal and said, "Oh, we're going to. We have some kid we hired for this. Another company wanted to me to deliver twice as much to work, but not offer me more money. So I walked." Um, it all just kind of fell apart. And I thought I just started the beginnings of a new career and actual income. Um, before I could even solidify anything, it all fell apart. What the hell? And I'd been shooting casually more and more models um, by that point for a couple of years. And I had a couple of messages via Facebook. Hey, do you give workshops on shooting, you know, glamour? And I was like, no. You know, I knew I had a background in teaching. I taught guitar. I taught Photoshop. But I taught. So I, I could have. But no, I didn't give workshops. And then I lost all the car clients. And I thought, I'm going to try workshops because, once again, I was chasing some kind of income. So I wish it was a story of passion, and I took all my savings from a corporate life before it and invested now. I was just looking for a gig. And so I did enjoy it. But by that point, I had realized I might have something with this photography. I wasn't a great car photographer. It didn't matter. But I, I started to get it for the first time. So in autumn of 2012, I gave my first little dinky workshop in Houston, North Houston, filled up instantly, like in three days. Uh, via Facebook alone, it filled up. I think I charged like $125 or something, you know. And um, I guess you could say that was it because in teaching, I learned faster and it just took off. Next thing you know, more workshops in Houston and then Dallas and then Austin. It just, it just went from there. So it was that transition like, okay, I have cars. Cars is my thing. I lost cars. Now what? Let's start teaching. And I realized, oh, I really like this. And it was working. So how were you shooting the cars? Were you compositing and light painting on the cars? Or like the car was just an after, it, the car right. was just a prop and it was the girl? No, well, when I shoot cars and girls, which I don't do as much anymore, um, it was definitely the girl's a priority. I would get accused many times that you can barely see a $300,000 prop behind her. I'm like, sorry, I like the framing of this. So I use a car definitely as a prop when I so shoot. So you weren't more. shooting on a tripod? No. Handheld? Correct. That's how you, yeah. Oh, so you, whatever the lighting was on the car was the lighting on the lighting car. Lighting on the car. And that's the trick. That's oh, because wow. you can you can do all kinds of trickery and, and all kinds of different overlays and shoot the same so, plate and light paint and all that, but you can't do that with a model. But you can do it with the car if you're on a tripod. Yes. As long as the model's not moving that much. Which, there's no way. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, some of the light painting takes several seconds, you know, so you can't do that. You can definitely do a full composite and take a, a flash shot of the girl and, and composite her in. I don't have time or patience or skills for that. Um, I like it more organic anyway. So um, there's some raw trickery and some other edits that go into it. But I, I, more and more over time, I got I left the cars more and more natural, almost as, as they came out. I just made sure that the, the model was, was retouched the way I liked. All right. So now you're... Let, let's fast forward a little bit in El Nino's life lifetime. So you're now moving away from cars. Yeah. What was the next big group of clientele that you had? Next big group of clientele that I had. So And how? It became almost exclusively education, man. I was a, a teacher, period. And to end of 2012 to, gosh, three years, two or three years, I made my entire career off teaching. It was about private mentoring and workshops. And... um I gave a good workshop, so when I say this flippant statement, I'm not trying to, you know, demean anything, but in that era, workshops were like printing money. Everybody wanted to learn what I was doing, and every time I launched one, it took a little while to come back up, but by like 2015 or so, um, it was just a, a cakewalk and selling workshops with, you know, for better or worse. Um, but yeah, I was, I was completely doing education, and I thought that's just what I'm going to focus on, so in that era. So there was no clients? In not really era. to speak of, the occasional. Personal work? Lots of personal work. And what was the, all right, so those are clients, technically, kind kind of collaborators, yeah, collaborators. Yeah, what was that type of work? So, I would admit, and as David briefly scrolled through my old Instagram, oh, no, um, it's right here on the twice. We, we twice. Don't encourage him to okay, pick the phone sorry. back up. He's gonna describe an image <laughs> we can't see. Um, no, but I shot stuff. I shot glamour, I guess you could say, but I shot a lot of the token glamour. Um, someone told me maybe last year when I showed them an old shot and they go, that looks like such 2010 glamour. And I was like, that's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, studio, you know, like laundry and studio and, and things just lit very perhaps evenly. I used to use five, six, seven, eight lights and make a big production. And it looked like maybe like an ad or something, a beer ad or, you know, and it was, it was nice, I guess, but it was very token and it lacked a lot. But I, I was thinking, Hey, Get the likes, make the money. You know, that's, that was, that's how it works. I'm going to keep people coming to my workshops the more and more technical I show. So more lights got involved, more retouching got involved. Um, and, but on my personal work that I was excited about, it didn't get the same response. So I wasn't very good at it, and I didn't focus on it. So I became this studio glam, you know, I guess wizard. I just focused so hard on that. And people came out, I want to make my shots look like this, and da-da-da-da-da. And so I dove, I dove really deep into that. And um, gosh, when was, I, I, I'm assuming your next question, Gary, is when did that change? Don't assume anything. I assume all. Don't definitely. assume anything. Like he's back on his phone. I yeah, he's he would. back on his fucking phone. <laughs> Jeez. What did you not get enough of? Career. You're following the career. That's right. This yeah. is totally and completely relevant because as he tells me things, I can actually see the evolution it's of true. stuff happening. He can. I'm glad you're having a great time over there on your phone, I David. I actually know when he <laughs> made his I'm trying to let the man tell his life story. I know. Typically, when somebody's telling their life story, you just be quiet and listen yeah. to the story. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm verifying yeah. facts at the same sure time. Do. However, you're you know going to justify. Dang, I got to watch the sleep at night. We're I up to 2013. This is right where we are. Are we? No, we're a little past that. Well, for those of you that can't see, and that's all of you, <laughs> he just showed me a photo. So uh, once those, again, those photos are not. I'm not showing them so the audience gets it. I'm just showing you where we're at in the well, career. The, we're not doing it for me, David. We're making a podcast for, it's fine. for them. It's fine. It's fine. Actually, so, Nino. I wouldn't have known my first shot on Instagram until just a few minutes ago, thanks to you. Why 
Why don't you yeah. continue your story of telling <laughs> us where, where you're going? Yeah. Where, where are you going? Um, you're shooting more people. You're educating more. You're yeah. doing more personal projects. Yes. And, and you're becoming semi-retouching obsessed. He fully retouching obsessed, to be so honest. So you've got you. a semi. Take I've it from there. I've got semi. I'm nursing a semi, yes. Um, so I became really, really hardcore obsessed on that. And the next sort of shift came when I realized that group retouching classes suck. Um, you can't gauge everyone's experience level. And then you, you st- someone's going to get shafted. Either the beginner in the group or the highly experienced person, someone's getting shafted. And I was tired of group retouching classes, so I stopped them. Then rage quit them. I just casually dropped them off my workshop plan and i started doing private mentoring. well how many people were you doing them with oh it was not huge maybe 12 to 15 at the most 20 and, and if you don't count conferences there's no pre-vetting you can do like take this test well yeah i tried to i even tried to do like level classes like beginner photoshop retouching come learn nobody basics. wants to admit they're a beginner though no i know and they walk in though and they think they're a beginner and they're not that's actually more common they think they're bare bones beginner and they're like wow this class was absolutely nothing for me well you, you kind of yeah, so what's the scale on what exactly. labels someone as what a beginner? Is the scale? I didn't know. Should I, we come up with like we need to something as sim- like as accurate as like Seriously. a belt size for a beginner, you know? Yeah, we could do that. Like what is a layer would help because people show up to advanced classes that they think they're advanced and they don't know what yeah. a layer is. Hey, all right, David, you're the perfect person to make this. Make a test that's kind of like a personality test, but yeah. the end result gives you a rating. On your Not in a bad way, but it just kind of like gives you the type of photographer you are on the level of education that you know. Wow. Well, this would be really difficult, though. I think so. Because you have to consider a lot of factors in this testing. Mm. Like what? Well, we would have to divide people into, I mean, first, right off the bat, we'd have to divide people into natural light shooters and people who... Don't do that. Why would it matter though? Where are the lights coming from? On what? Well, because if I like, let's say I'm I'm gauging the level of a photographer, and I start asking about light fall off, something simple, a natural light photographer would never be able to answer those per- those. But they're a really good natural light photographer. Fair. So that's just one part of all of photography. So if you look at it, I mean, that's where I said I had to divide right off the but bat. Why would you divide off the bat? Because if you're if you're just grading someone on like how much they know about photography in general, there should just be one grade in terms of like where you're at beginner level. Because if you're, I think this is just a brand new thought, right? Right. I'm just nursing this thought right now, right? It's happening right now. So going into it, the basics of how a camera works, every camera has, you know, three basic things. Fundamentally. ISO, F stop, shutter speed. Right. The big, from there, you're, you know, manipulating and using that tool to capture something. Light can either come from outer space cool. or something that's man-made, How, you know? Would we, if we so, started there, though, I mean, let's just consider for a second, what is a photographer, first of all? Someone who clicks a button and then takes pixels and creates more pixels. Right. So by your definition right there, somebody who shoots with an iPhone is still a photographer. Yeah, and of they course. Well, but if I started getting into ISO, F-stops... Then they're going to get a really speed, bad score. <laughs> but they might still be performing well. But there's got to be one control of like where you fall under that. If you start having these multiple... like If we start this whole process of where do you fall in your knowledge of photography it doesn't matter what the camera is it doesn't matter if it's a an iphone because that thing's on p for professional all the time all the time all the time, all the time. you should call it the p phone 
The P funk. Not the iPhone. It's the P funk. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? P funks are also the best. Anyway. Right. So, so if if we have that control, and it's just you're thinking about how much do you know about photography? To what are you trying to make it a hobby or a profession? Mm. And then it at the end of this test, it kicks out like, hey, you should consider watching this right, set this of things. Like, how how would you go about designing but, that? Well, edu- I mean, like that's, that that's sort of that's sort of the thing that I'm talking about is. Ultimately, when we start defining a photographer by their tools or even by their entry base, we discount people that have kind of fumbled into success and figured some things out. And if if our objective is to gauge whether or not somebody can go to Nino's class based on whether they're a beginner or an expert or whatever, I mean, we've seen some people that take pictures with cell phones that are truly gifted at it. Like they've just spent some time, but... They probably aren't. So they really excel at a pillar or like a, a part of mm. photography. So it's one test, like four sections, right? right? But if so I there's date. a technical and then there's more of an artistic composition of like what looks good. Because like someone can be really good at technical, but then really bad at like composition. Like I mm. know everything about a camera. Like we all know that person that knows everything about a camera, right. all the specs, everything. But when it comes down to it, they point the camera like, I've I don't know what looks good. Right. We that's have, what we, we try and teach. Is like, are, why are, does it look good? Yeah, you have to be, you know, tactically, technically proficient. You have to be good in both of them, right? But and the opposite is also true. I know photographers who barely know how to use their camera, but it make amazing work. Right. And that's that was kind of where I'm going is you, you can kind of fumble and play with things over time, and you might not truly understand them to the point where we could give you a written test and you would be engaged and, and, and actually be rated on something. But... I mean, what happens if you're just you just conti- continually put out the same level of great output? Like, I mean, what I'm saying is, if 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 people can put together the ACT and the SAT, hmm. and the end result is this is where you should spend your future. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. this is where like this is where you're probably best. You know, there's no reason why we couldn't start there and create something with photography to be like, because this is where you're at. But also, because that covers so many different subjects. It's not just one the, thing. The other it's, side a, of it it's a way to think is, about it. I mean, mm-hmm. we are we academically label people with the SAT and and, and say this. I'm is not saying it's right. I'm just saying I'm it's just saying the, we academically what we use. Label people, I hate but, when, but when you start hate. coming to art. I mean, there's some things that people have learned to do that they do that people will look at and say, that's amazing and that's art, but they couldn't explain their process. They couldn't tell you how the English is the same thing. It's English is an art. No, there's rules to to English still. There's also rules to photography. There are, but there's also people who learn how to do both without really being able to form. So English is just part of the ACT and the SAT. You know what I mean? But if you started... testing people yeah artists test them on the the art side of things because there's a foundation you take art this looks like history a complete disaster waiting to happen right (laughs) my 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 topic here no i'm just saying like at the end of the day you're trying to apply rules for science and then language like things that have literally written rules to them to something that is arguably an art form and, and if you rated somebody, like, let's just say we, we rated somebody who's an elite performer in this field and we said, and, and they took the test, I'm air quoting here for everybody that can't say it, they took the <laughs> test 
And the test said, well, you're just a beginner because whatever factors they don't, they didn't really know all of the, the laws air yeah. quote again, yeah. but they were still producing. Are they, well, the test isn't just about the laws of photography, but, but at the end of the day, if we're trying to classify people into photographers of beginner level, intermediate level and advanced, because we all started this, this rabbit hole with people being we able to go to Nino's. So workshop. what if the end result of this In test isn't, which probably was crazy. What if the end was, result of this test doesn't have a bad score? It just defines where you're at. Is that that's possible? That's what I'm saying. You can, you could be an advanced performer. You could be somebody whose output reaches the advanced level, but your knowledge of how it actually happens, like you just know how to do it. You've learned how to do it. You've learned in this situation, I just flip things. But if you ask me to, uh, to explain to you what an F5.6 was or an ISO 100 was, or when I would use any of these things, that's when I'm like, I don't know. But I know if it, if you gave me, it's kind of like the word math, the math problems back in, in, in elementary yeah, school, the, word the problems, ones that yeah. were word problems, right? Versus here's just the written yeah. equation. Like there's some people who could read all those words and just be like, I, I understand this. This makes sense. I know what to do in this situation. So there would be people in the field of photography we're testing them. They have this written example of, I don't know, it's a sunny day on in November. <laughs> There's a light cloud cover over the sky, and you have two people across the field from you. The sun is coming from a perpendicular position at about the three o'clock of the couple. Where would you angle them, and what f-stop ISO and shutter speed do you think you might be at? And there'd be some people that'd be like, oh, based on this situation, I just know how to turn my dials exactly to what this is. Like, that whole scenario would make sense to them. And then... but they wouldn't necessarily be able to explain why they just know how things work for them. They've always said, based on my experiences in these situations, this is what I do. But if you ask them to take a test, nah, you don't think so. That's like testing someone. Tons of people don't actually really, I mean, and and then, I mean, modern day, we would have to account for people who chimp. And I don't say that even in a negative way. (laughs) Like that's why things are digital. You take a picture, you'd be like, Oh, I don't, I want to change some things. I chimp AF. Kind of I'm just saying. Pixels out for Harambe. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right. So I guess uh, this is an interesting and conversation. This is all to rate your workshop. Yeah. No. Or not people this, can this, no, this is an interesting conversation because I think there's so many different things you can be good at with yep. photography. You can know a lot about it and facilitate conversations. And that's mm-hmm. super valuable. Just because you don't have a huge successful business doesn't discount the fact that you know a lot about it. That's your passion. You talk a lot about it, and you're working towards it. Yeah. And then there's the people that might have this crazy following, might have what a lot of other people like, really good work. Mm. But maybe when it comes down to it, like maybe somebody else sets the whole camera up, and they don't know anything about yeah. it. They can't talk about ISO and all that. Or they Those the two things are probably equally yeah. just about valuable. But then, like, where is the the group of people that can do both yeah and then do both at the highest level yeah so now we're talking about just like parts of photography like parts of even like you could be really good at the business side of photography not know anything about you know the camera side so what are those like huge like encompassing aspects of photography that make you this super well-rounded like photo god i guess if you get to that level start getting into that level we're talking about everything from accounting to I don't know. What's at the end of that? Yeah, vision, vision might be close to, to the end of the 
yeah. the alphabet there. Like, <laughs> that, yeah. That would Accounting to vision. Yeah. We need a Z word. Accounting to. I mean, uh, you're, you're talking about a lot. And well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you make a test like that that might be 100 questions. I wouldn't tell and you. It gives you and then it shoots you out this yeah. rating. And it's like, man, you know, start here. Maybe you're deficient in this area of photography, which isn't a bad thing. It's just like where you should spend more yeah, of your time. I, I mean, I get it. You're not trying to rate people as novice, expert, professional, but at, you're trying to say this is where you are so that I can teach you how to how do we move make in that the right test? direction. I mean, it's complicated because all the fields well, you're the you most experienced me, person here I know, but you just gave that. me fields from literally how to be a great <laughs> business person to be a great marketer to be in a i'm not saying those are the final ones but right. there should be like as well. probably four categories maybe maybe eight i don't mm-hmm. know i'm no and we define that there's just so many variables yeah, Gary, I, mean, I don't like, know like literally even, a lot even of to variables the point of, i learned a new word about you know a lot of numbers today so you did there can't even, be that many even when you think about it in the in the context of successful photographer right i'm yeah. air quoting again yeah. i mean what if your objective you, to he take keeps pointing to his dick i don't know you're not air quoting what's going on <laughs> same here? thing conversation but, got weird but yeah. but anyway like what if, what if somebody's a, an amazing photographer but they rate success on their ability to capture their own children's day-to-day life like there's one photographer i follow on instagram and all she photographs is her own kids basically in day-to-day life but, i think i know who you mean like meg i think so yeah yeah but like an amazing, amazing, beautiful photographer, yeah. enough to make me be like, I want to, f- I want to follow you on the regular. Like mm. your stuff is amazing. I, I even got the, I follow, follow. Like when posts arrive, I get an alert, <laughs> kind of follow. That's that's a fanboy. That's right a there. fan. Follow, follow. That's a follow, follow. Yeah, yeah. But what it's I mean, a follow is like focus. If if her, that's gauging, what they should call that. I mean, but if her gauging of success is all I get to do is document my kids' mm. life. I mean. Or are we to say that's not successful? And so when when you start to design a t- test that is like, I'm, I'm not only going to gauge your knowledge, I'm going to gauge whether or not your business smarts, everything else, trying to make this rating of somebody or, or guess giving them a self-discovery point. I mean, even even from Jump Street, I can, what do you make a successful photographer? Maybe maybe I take the pictures I want to take and I'm happy with them and nobody right. nobody gives me the likes and, and I don't uh, give a shit someone who or am I financially stable or yeah, exactly if someone is objectively producing let's be nice average work but making a killing is that successful and by whose definition right things like that that comes to mind because there's plenty of people out there I've seen them making an absolute six seven figure killing on delightfully average work are they happy is it good is that a thumbs up from me I don't know why do you think we like taking those types of tests so much you know I what I mean them. who's we I mean, I, love I think it. in well, general, the majority of people like you're telling me that if that test existed, yeah. tell me you wouldn't take it. If it was a hundred questions, no. <laughs> I don't. Maybe yeah, call it fifty. Hit, you would what it amount of questions would you say? Okay, I'll take it. I don't know what my threshold is. I haven't. But, but fifty, I might do. Fifty sounds curious. Yeah, what? Don't is think about those, like, the amount of, of questions. Think about how it'll it'll take you 10 minutes to do i think it depends on the intent if it was a facebook post that someone else had i might snicker and move on but if there's an actual purpose like we need to gauge you for x y reason x y z reason and i had vested interest in that reason okay fine i'll take it yeah you're, you're taking it <laughs> all right so david why do you think we enjoy taking those tests those types of tests well, I mean, if, we're going to get back to you in a minute. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. If, if social media has taught um, us anything, I think people like taking a whole lot of tests. Like to see what kind of potato they are, David. Right, like, I mean, ultimately, I think we... He's one, an I'm a hope a lot. A lot of these tests are designed to give you 
basically all good news or something that you yeah, can latch yeah. on and they have it's multiple the horoscope method. Yeah. I mean, they have multiple yeah. little things in there that you can be like, yeah, I identify with that so, so much. much. Henry Rollins for the win. <laughs> but, you know, I think, I think a lot of people want to kind of assess themselves. I mean, it's very hard for us to be objective. So when somebody rolls out something and says, yeah, this has been vetted a hundred times and people who take it learn so much about mm. them. I think we're looking for insight. We're trying to figure out where we're at and gauge it because, I mean, honestly, if, we're, if we look at ourselves and we have a really hard time saying, yeah, man, I need work here or yeah, I yeah. don't need work here or I'm, I'm pretty strong here. We, we have a hard time doing that. So that test came back and said, you're, you're, you're struggling in XYZ places and you need to work on this and that or whatever it came back. Almost invariably, if someone took that anonymously, they'd be like, fuck this, this is wrong. They'd probably be defensive. Not if they were in a growth mindset. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you, and then if you get into... Test too, that also helps. Is the person giving you the test someone you consider valid? I think you can get past that point. Anyone can get this would be the, online. past I mean, that point of like... Okay. This is online. Get, like, Still, who's... Reacting to negative test? feedback, especially about yourself. Yeah. Anyone can get past. You know... Can. Because... Do they? I think failing at everything... You should actively pursue. You shouldn't actively pursue to fail at the same thing over and over. It's okay to do it a few times, but like you should always be pushing yourself to fail at something. Yes, I'll be. I can honestly say that that. I'm always going to push myself to succeed. I'm going to fail. Yeah, but like I know some things, but I'm not. I'm always pushing to succeed. I'm not pushing to fail. I mean, I don't think Gary's trying to say that you should like purposely seek out. Yeah, yeah, seek out failure, but just accept it's coming. What can I learn from it when it does? Yeah. Yeah, just don't make the same mistakes twice. So when I say that, say I that. mean... This is me, though. Well, I mean, going towards 100% of the things that you think are impossible and being okay with, oh, it didn't work out. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that, having that expectation for yourself because if you're someone who, like, has these ideas and wants to do things... But you're crippled by oh fuck what if I don't yeah like if you if you like go head in on anything and everything like yeah you're gonna fail a lot of things and a lot of that's gonna fucking suck and then use that to be like well I don't want to fucking feel that feeling again and then you probably won't you probably and if you won't. keep doing it then okay then address it then yeah but that that's that's how I approach and that's how I think about like you should be actively trying to fail at shit absolutely I have definitely failed my share and you know will again absolutely i think the vast majority of my career aspirations have been failure after failure but you know i'm i don't know why i can't explain why but i am outrageously stupidly committed to just keep trying even if it's like a a, i don't know a not very bright dog banging his head against a door that won't open over and over i'll just keep banging until someone will open it i'm I'm a photographer i encourage you to never say i'm going to keep banging ever again (laughs) Damn, David, we were having a really good conversation. Right, everything really was brought it great. back. Now he's really brought it back. <laughs> All right, back to glamour photography because David can't get enough of it. All right, evidently. All right, so glamour photography. Uh, yes. Glam. What about glamour photography? We lost David. What exa- What would you say you do here? No. All right. So. All right. So you created. We're going to go back to now. the timeline of your career okay. and your right. your kind of. You're, you're, you're getting past the workshops and teaching and you're getting back into it. So take us from there all the way up until your first Playboy cover. 
So the playbook, the first one was a fluke, so I don't count. Um, that was a model who lived in Austin. Wait, you can't fast forward to the to the ending. It's not the ending. It's 2014. Oh. All right, no, but take us from like where you're at until the Playboy cover. Oh, so where was I? I was taking a test. You're ending. <laughs> yeah, you were taking a test. You just took the test. I did end workshops <laughs> and, in 2013, though. And you're a Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're a Gryffindor. Okay. You're getting out of teaching. You're going back to uh-huh. to, to working full time. You well, know. Yeah, but How I mean, the timeline's not quite right. The quite, timeline's not quite I was absolutely still very much an educator when the first Playboy cover hit. Oh, right. I shot it in Dallas after I finished a workshop there at the same production facility. Production facility. So I was very much giving workshops actively. But that was one of those, uh, I like your work, I want you to shoot my Playboy cover because I'm going to be in Playboy and they're asking me to recommend a photographer near me and I want you to do it. And I said, well, I'm going to be in Dallas that weekend. And she said, I'll be there. And so I went to Dallas. I mean, I was going there for my workshop. And she met me there, and I shot it there. But after that, nothing really much. Okay, I did have one more. Um, but that and was, at that point, you knew it was going to be the cover. Correct. You were just, how'd you approach it? What was the scenario? I, like, I actually, how, did you light it differently? Were you like, oh, fuck, I'm going to fuck that. this up? Was, yes, all of that. Because um, <laughs> I occasionally will do it, and everyone who knows me really well will point it out when I do it, because I have to. But I don't like campy themes, and I had to do a Christmas theme on this cover. Okay. So, this is for the December issue? Yes. Okay. So right. I had, I'm like, uh, okay. Is it Extra emphasis on tassels at this point. There was no How tass- many tassels there, did there you? There were no tassels. No tassels. There were no tassels, no. All right. But there were props, all the props, the candy canes and the, and the little tree and the fake snow. And it was, it was exactly, it was so fucking cute that I, I don't like that. So I wasn't like angry at it because it was a Playboy cover, but I told her straight up, I don't want, I don't like doing this. And she's like, yeah, but I think you can. So weirdly enough, it was shot on a ginormous commercial white psych wall um, because I figured white is Christmassy. And I said, this is a huge video and photography production facility in Dallas. And I was like, what's next? So we went into the video enormous green screen room and I shot it on green because it's Christmas, right? Except I didn't light the green, so it kind of became a deep green. So it was all four or five light studio, hyper commercial, classic glam on white and green on a green screen production facility. And it was all very campy. I mean, she did great for what it was, but that's what they wanted, and I shot it, and I edited the hell out of it, and there you go. That was it. I, I know it sounds really negative and ungrateful, and it is, but, but you know, if it wasn't a cover, I, I wouldn't have been interested. Not that I'm so much better than that. I just don't have any inspiration from little campy themes like that and glamour. Sure. All right, so what's been your favorite cover that you've done? My any magazine. favorite cover for any magazine. It might be the current one from Lion's Art magazine. That came out literally while I was here doing this tutorial. Um, it's a black and white set I shot at Bonneville Salt Flats with a model named Jesse Redmond in um, summer of 2019. So it was a set that was almost idle for 11 months. And I always wanted it in Lion's. So um, I, I sent it to them, and we talked back and forth, and they said, yeah, so I got that cover. It was, it was one of my favorite sets, period, whether it was a cover or not. It was an amazing set out in Bonneville. So that was Literally last week. I think it's a June issue of Lions Art Magazine. So, all right. So you've already shot what I would assume is kind of the, I don't know, one of the... Pinnacle? The Pinnacles, the Playboy cover? Yeah. Are there any other magazines or things that you're like, that's on your, like, I got to get one of these? Well, yeah. So my Playboy work in general um, is on the international scene, all the international franchises. Playboy USA is the flagship, you know, sort of home the, the the main and um i have not been published in playboy usa so that's a goal you know but that's 
it's challenging because that's a very close knit sort of club, you know, and that's fine. Um, we'll see where that goes. Um, I have done FHM USA and FHM Sweden. I think I've done two or three of those. And uh, that's fine. I love that because in, in the glamour world, the, the men's magazines, the big three are Playboy, FHM, and Maxim. I do not have any Maxim. So that, that'd that be a fun goal, that opportunity of a pretend. I mean, so. FH, from what I remember about, like, I think middle school maybe or definitely high school. Probably middle, maybe more middle school. FHM and Maxim, it was I'm like, this is basically Playboy. I don't know I mean, it well, was, but it was. I was just trying to remember exactly at what point in my life it was like FHM and Maxim. It was like, Gary's like very that young, was basically David, Playboy for middle schoolers. Like, there I wasn't mean, a lot of difference. It's probably Not like really, the no. 2000s at that point, yeah? Yeah, that's when Gary it's, was in It's the 90s, grade. right? 90s? 90s, you know? When were you born, Gary? I was born. Yes, but when? 85, I was born. 86? I was born in 1983. You were not. Was well, you said you were 35. Yeah. What year do you math. think it is? No, you should be 36. 37? 38. I might be 36. Shit. Am I 36? Whatever. I don't know. So you're not that much younger than us. But anyway, you're right in that in the early 2000s, late 90s, FHM and Maxim were a little bit more glam focused. They've changed since then, sort of, but they're a little more just straight. I am 36. Oh, Jesus. I'm super high right Which now. Which means Sorry. you were not born in 1983. Uh, if I'm 36. Did you just turn 36 or you're going to be 37 be, this year? I'm going to be 36. I'm going to be 37 uh, in uh, December 15th. There you go. So your birthday yeah. is two weeks before mine. You know what happened? Is 2020 happened. It did happen. And it's Jesus, still happening, by the way. Fuck this year. I'm right. ready. Uh, I'm ready to be done it's, with 2020. I mean, I want the alien invasion in July. Anyway. All right. Back what? to FHM. FHM. Maxim. Maxim. I don't have a Maxim of any kind. I want one. Is All right. So where's Maxim in this whole thing? Is that Are they also... Yeah, top. They're are they top still print? Top. Yeah, in the world, I believe they are still in print, yeah. Um, print's kind of coming back, sort of, in some platforms because of print on demand. And now you can order these little art book things, you know, um, for Wait. one issue. What do you mean you can order these art book things? What so, are those? like, a lot of magazines now, including the big ones, you can order a cheap, in, you know, inexpensive copy to be print on demand and delivered to you if you want, right? Or you can get, like, the semi-gloss sort of you know, not quite a hardbound version of the same issue. And they cost like 50 bucks or something, you know. And when you get them, they're not bad, you know. And it's like maybe you like that particular issue or I don't know. They're, they're, that is evolving. I, just like vinyl went away and came back. Yeah. Vinyl went away and came back. I'm wondering what's going to happen with print on demand. It's like, oh, I really want this issue because of X, Y, Z reasons. I'm going to get the art book version. Two weeks later, whoever makes, whoever runs the platform sends it to you. It costs you a hell of a lot more than the two ninety nine a month subscription in the old days. I think it, it's worth it when you have a collection of books that, or you know, printed things yeah. that will last a lot, you know, sure. longer than a magazine. Magazines just like deteriorate on arrival. They you do, know what I mean? They do. They're hard to get copies on the international front, especially a Playboy, because um, they have the franchises have their own rules with Playboy USA, apparently, and which I don't know them accurately, but I've heard. They can't like print on demand outside of their country, and there's limitations on this and on that. And sometimes you can, but it's a censored version of the cop of the issue. So I'm um, getting the copies of the issues. It can be a trick. I, I, I don't have all I, of mine. I feel like that's probably right because you know, there's different laws in different countries and stuff. And if you're sending them internationally, there's yeah. It depends on quantity. Yeah. If you ship one, no one's going to care. But if you ship a couple of crates, someone's going to get mad. Not only the governments, but like the companies, Playboy themselves. The government doesn't give two shits. I think you <laughs> underestimate some governments. Oh no, I don't. Not anymore. Anyway, what? <laughs> anyway, what? <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
What were we talking about? Uh, <laughs> was it my career? Or are we talking about? No, it was about you. It was about what, you and, no. and David on let's Instagram. It's been here. me all week. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> all week. Uh, we're done. We're done. Send, we're about to send you home. We just got to shoot a few more things and we're done. Oh, I'm excited about that. That stuff tomorrow. All right. So back to the tutorial. Yes. Yeah. What did Let's we do? This? What would you say we did this week? So would, I think we last left this part of the conversation we were talking about. We made a skin tutorial and why. And we got into what <laughs> glamour is. That's true. And then your career. Now let's go back to what I assume was like minute 12. Something like that. I don't. I'm just we're guessing. Like an hour 90 ago. right now. Yeah. yeah. What was it again? Okay. So we, what did we do this week? Yeah. What, we, did we, what, what would you say we did here? Um, Probably a miracle because you got me organized for more than a few minutes at a time. There's yeah. that. No, but I keep saying that because it's true. I, this was very difficult for me on the organizational front. But I think, I know we, for me anyway, we created the absolute most organized tutorial that I've ever been involved in. I've never laid down everything that I do like this before. So that do you guys remember how many, how many images are in there? Eight, nine, six. No idea. David just tells indoor, you outdoor. There's, there is a Playboy cover in there. There's a Playboy yeah. cover in there. Yeah. Um, I, there's I think, I feel images like from the eight. community. There is an image from the community, yes. There's seven images. Seven images. Seven? Okay. And, by and 20 are... actions that are coming with the tutorial, right? Roughly. Yeah. I think I think we have, we determined to have 12. 12 yeah. actions. Whittled it down to 12. 12. Yeah. 12 mission critical actions. Yeah. And a plug-in. And, and a plug-in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So walk me through this plug-in. This plug-in okay. is what, what is this plug-in coming with? Right there? So it's, so it's plug-in's like a... A panel too. What's the difference? So it's an actual plugin. It's for frequency separation, right? So rather than using the filters or the algorithms that Photoshop has, you know, Gaussian blur, median, whatever, we made our own. So we have an external processor that runs our own algorithms. They're smoother and faster, and yada yada yada, um, for doing better texture separation. And then we have more functions. We have the different algorithms you can pick from. First of all, because everybody loves median, and we have median on there. But we have the classic Gaussian blur, and then we have our own super surface blur, which runs quicker than Photoshop's. <laughs> And then the separation is also smarter as well. So you can preserve more texture. You have some previewings. You can try different radius and edge preservation. And you can save presets. And it's pretty rad for, for frequency separation. And anybody who says that frequency separation is wrong, I'm like, a screwdriver can be wrong if you use it wrong. <laughs> do people still say rad in 2020? I do. You call, them, you call the RAID systems rad systems. You remember that? You say rad. rad. The RAID systems are pretty rad. <laughs> Dude, rad is a word. Uh, that's like that's like utmost compliment. All right. When you said external processors, mm. what the hell do you mean? So it's not calling on Photoshop's filters. It ignores them. It has their own processing module where our algor algorithms, which my team makes, don't ask me how they work. I've seen the code. It's painful. But how do they work? <laughs> just about to ask. <laughs> Jerks. <laughs> So that's what I mean. We have an external processor. Um, in fact, if you go to, when you install. Where does this thing panels, exist? In the what plugins you, folder. There's the plugins folder. In Photoshop. So what's processing it Bro. if Photoshop isn't? Do so, you even know how computers work? <laughs> the files are inside the computer. <laughs> Get it now? See how this works? Okay, the files are just, the ones. You can just install an external program that interfaces with the primary. So there's files. a program running. Side-by-side side Photoshop. It's essentially a modular filter, sort of, but a lot of them. And then there's a UI interface that makes it all happen. So it's this thing that's the floating. UI is what makes it yes. pretty. The panel, the panel is mostly in HTML5, and that's the UI. Right. And then that, that does cool stuff, and you put all your parameters in there, but when you say 
process. It doesn't call the algorithm in the filters menu. It calls ours. Is it spelled process? Like yes. P-A? There's an H in there, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like two H's at least. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we're including that in. We are including that. That's pretty rad. It is pretty so rad. It's pretty rad. we the farm on this one. Yeah. <laughs> we got tutorials. I yeah. mean, we got tutorials. Of course, we have tutorials. We have actions. Mm-hmm. We have plugins. We have everything. We're giving away raw files. It's amazing. That's right. Retouching plans. You can see it all. Everything. I want this tutorial. Hell. I, you do get a copy. Do I? <laughs> After, well, if I hope it's not Maybe. soon because I don't want to watch it anytime soon. I am sick of myself bad this week. Why? <laughs> Maybe in a month I'll watch it. Dude. I mean, you hang I, out with yourself a lot. I do you hang out with yeah. myself tired a lot. Of I'm my best friend or something. Anyway, no, I, I, I'm making a joke, of course, but I have spoken a lot this week, like a whole lot. What are you going to do when you go back? What's the next week? What I do now? El get Nino's back? life look when like. Do, when do I get back? I get back on Monday? Sunday? Sunday, Monday? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday Monday. What day is that? I don't even know. Hold up. What day is oh, that? Yeah. Today is the 12th, so that's 15th? 15, 15, 16? Yeah. So what do I do? Um... I don't know. I'm, I'm well. I know I have a lot of editing and crap like that to keep up with, and standard normal bullshit I do for my basic little marketing. But on the twenty seventh, I have a big project I'm excited about. So there's that. What is it? Can you so, talk about it uh, a little bit. Yeah, it's a. I mean, you know, they're they're not unpopular, but it's a calendar project for a very big name model. So that's pretty cool. Um, it's going to be at some estate west of town in Houston. And uh, we have a whole team going out there, and I actually booked that while I was here, so I'm very excited to lock that. that what do you mean by a calendar? Is this like a company's calendar? Or just it's her. Just she's her own brand. Oh, she's she has so she her, her own, own calendar. calendar. Yeah. Is it right. on OnlyFans? No. So how how does the calendar game work? Is that only like one part of the year, or is their calendar work all like every month? You know. They're not too often anymore. They're, some people seem as passe, so you don't get those calls as much anymore. Usually, yeah, they happen a few months before the new year because some people do them. But in this case, she wants to start early and have it ready, I guess. I don't know. Because it's going to be for 2021, I'm told. If you guys had to design a calendar for photographers, what would be in the 12 pages? What would you put in there? What would your theme be? If you had to make a calendar for photographers, what would it be? I don't. But that's like saying, how would you do something just for music fans? The metalheads and the hip hop guys, they might get along, but not this classical music people and like I don't know, punk people. They didn't answer got my along. question, Nino. I you know. have to make a calendar. Okay. I have what's to make in a calendar. the calendar? All twelve pages. All how 12 you, pages. how like what's um, the pagination like? What's you know? Twelve how does, photos that define photography? Yeah. Wow. Um, what, is, what is March? What's in March? A mountain. A mountain. Some kind of landscape is what I'm thinking. How's it shot? Um, I don't know how to shoot landscapes. Describe it though. Oh, you okay. see something. There's, um, yeah, I see like Mount Rainier over the Tacoma mm. waterfront. How you like that? See, yeah. I got specific. He didn't expect that. What's the wildlife like? Wildlife? No wildlife. No idea. <laughs> in a shot? No, the mountain. Did you far stop away, thinking you about it? You can't see anything. Is it in color or is it black and white? It's in color. What yeah. kind of? What's the color palette? What's the color palette? Well, when is I was there, cloudy day freaking or? is it a picture of March in March? Huh? Of where we're at? You know. It could be March, but it could be like a shot of like wintertime. It could be a shot of wintertime. I in almost March. died in a couple of water. Is that how calendars work? Yes. You, what? So yeah. the calendar. Usually the picture like has like some level of relates. association with the month. 
Yeah. Can you imagine Probably a calendar? Unless it's a glamour. And then it's so a can you imagine a calendar? Over you, and over and over. January's landscape and freaking February is newborn photography. And then from Wednesday in March. Or oh, so you're going genre. Well, Every right, month is a genre? Assuming. That's what I'm assuming, right? That's what you said. Well, don't assume anything. It's your calendar. Then all mountains. There's no then. wrong answers here. Just mountains. Just mountains. Just mountains. Just, mountains. <laughs> Just some Bob Ross shit every single month. Mountains. Take me home. <laughs> the peaks. <laughs> He's got peaks. You guys see where your head's at, even in landscape photography. Damn it. No, no. <laughs> Gary. <laughs> we got to wrap this up. That's just out. <laughs> All right, David. What's your calendar look like? How does every month differ from month to month? <laughs> I think I broke, David. You might have, yeah. <laughs> We're not leaving until you describe your calendar. Oh, shit. <laughs> Telling you mountains. I'll wait. <laughs> Think about the paperweight, too. Like, how heavy is that paper? Uh, I mean, oh, the paperweight's got to be heavy. I like I like a good feel to my calendar. I, I hate it when I'm writing on things, especially a vertically hanging calendar, mm. and you poke through. It's, it's not good. Right on the wall or good. something. What was it, like a cork board? Why are you, how are you poking through on, on the wall, you know? You, you don't have, like, a little command center in your house where, like, the mail goes. No, and David, the, that's just you. Okay. Command center. Yeah, that's you have, like, that's, like, We're in calendar, and I have, like, a couple of, like, my kids' right. photos up there. You be a lot Talk of to me about June. What's June. on June? In my June? Yeah, in, in your June. Calendar. What's in your yeah. photographer calendar for June 2021? 2021 in June. I'm going with a nice landscape that just includes the American flag in the background. What's mm. that? Well, nice. Like so nationalism. Well, I mean, <laughs> grasslands? No, I, I'm, well, I mean, specifically, I guess, calling to mind, I, I picture this place in El Paso that just has a really big flag and all the, all the state flags around it and it's usually just blue skies and it's, it's pretty cool. Well, we still have the United States in summer of 2021. Yeah. Okay. Yes, Nino. I'm, I'm just on. saying. Have you looked around? Have red, you seen this year? Just would you just be positive? Okay. Just be Let's positive, just please. be positive. I've been trying to be positive all year, man. <laughs> we'll no, you've trying. been trying to be negative all year. This That's is true. 2020. You yeah. need to be negative. That's true. Okay. And, and on have that you met note. People? And on that. Note. <laughs> Should we get out of here? How long has it even been? I don't it's even know. An hour, 20 minutes. Has it hour really? and 20 minutes. Time dilation's a thing. Well, time time flies when you're <laughs> in good company. conversations trying to figure out what we're doing. Yeah. All right. Should we get out? Of, should we go make dinner? We should go we make should Wrap this up. Yeah. All right. You know, where can people find your work? So my delightfully arrogant comment is go to Google and type in my name. Luckily, it's very unique. So that's it. Everything you want to find will come up. Instagram. E L N I N with the tilde O. Nino, that's right. El Nino weather pattern. Spotify. El Nino Batista. Do you think someone owns El Nino Batista dot com? That's not something they do now. They do now. Oh man! Type in right now into my phone to get that URL. Better get that URL. Right. It's not Nino though. I know. I'm gonna call you Gary. That would be great. Okay, Gary. That would be fantastic. How long do you think you keep that up? All day, really. I'm Puerto Rican. It's easy. I know, but like, how long would you continue to call me that? Oh, to call in, you again? In, in I any you setting. You wanted me to roll the In R, any setting. Imagine we're on a Zoom call yeah. with like other companies. And just keep calling you Gary. Yeah, and you, you, and you said it like that with keeping a straight face. How long do, do you think you pan? could do that for? Dude, if I were committed, the whole damn meeting would be so, great. So right. when you commit to something, like you'll do it no matter what. Yeah. Do you speak Spanish? Fairly. Man. 
I was just getting <laughs> excited about taking him to Puerto Rico with us. That's where I was from, man. When do you? All right, so when, are we when do you think we could realistically? Is, no one told me shit. Come I've on. I've been thinking about this. The net. It'll be the fourth annual Labor Day. That's when we the do fourth annual. When the hell's Labor Day? I don't know. I always mix up Labor Day and Memorial Day. Memorial like, Day. I know the Labor difference. Just when's Labor Day? I don't know what that anyway, is. That's when realistically you do you think we could so we go to Puerto Rico responsibly? Uh, 2023. <laughs> Come on, oh, man. Are you being sarcastic right Bro, now? When Disneyland broke my heart. You just broke my heart. Why are we going to Puerto Rico? Why? Because we, we go every year. No one tells me these things. Yes. I I was oh, born there. You know, That's my oh. world, man. I know. Mi isla. I've been probably five times in yeah. the last three years. It's yeah. been great. It's amazing. Love we always place. go in the beginning of September around yeah. Labor Day. Yeah. Okay, well, make it happen because we stay at this. So I rent the whole hotel, mm. twenty-eight rooms, mm-hmm. and it's full of art and parrots. There are parrots everywhere. Of course, there's, there's Puerto Rico. There's, there's one everywhere. parish and a bunch of parrots. Right. Everywhere. Not when I come, there'll be two parishes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, David parishes. Okay, make He's it here early, all week. Make it early September because mid-September I'm in Jamaica. I can fly directly Do you think there. we can mm-hmm. in September? I'm going to Jamaica in September, so. I'm, I'm talking about like a big group. I want to, I, here's my mindset. Mm. I'm going to get everyone together mm. you're listening and just right now, have a week you. of wow. Sounds expensive. super mega positivity. I like that idea. Not a lot of phones, we we a lot of cameras, a lot of cameras, a lot of white claw, a lot of white whole, we are going <laughs> to, we're going to make sure there's a lot of white claw there. There probably is, yeah. I know some models down there. We could, you know. No, this shoot. isn't about shooting. This is about. He bonding. said it was shooting. Oh, I said cameras now? are there. Just said they're cameras. just props. They're just props. We're not going to be shooting with rain no, cameras. No, we'll, I'm we'll out. shoot. You know, <laughs> it's for the well. Everyone's going to shoot their calendar, oh. and it's going to be right before the We're new year. Shoot, but only if there's I no can mountains lay on down. The beach. Well, no, there's mountains down there. So. Only if I can mm-hmm. lay on the beach and mm-hmm. strategically take one of those like implied nudes, maybe from Nino Batista on the beach. So Nino, you have to shoot him on a bearskin rug. Or on the beach today, to tonight, today, tonight. We should do that right after this, the oh lights boy. are up. Um, we could put him right there, move this table, all right. yeah. put him on a bearskin rug. What, what's my motivation? What do you mean? You got to direct me here. I got to do this. What's my motivation to shoot him on a bearskin rug naked? There is not. No one wants to see that. It's not naked. It's like implied nude. We'll put a couple white claws down there. What could go know? wrong? Nothing. Collaborate photographer. Oh, Come on, let's go. <laughs> All right, so people can find you on uh, yes. Instagram Ni- at... On Insta- Nino Batista. All my social media is just Nino Batista, straight. Okay. All of it. So people can find you on Facebook at what? Nino Batista. And people can find you on YouTube at... Nino Batista. And very soon, by the time you hear this, there will be things on the website with your name on them, previews, places to sign up. There will be. On ProEDU's website. Dot com. Dot com. And on that note, Nino, it's been a fantastic week. I can't wait to get this cut. Oh, I can't wait to see the, the first draft of this. David must have to pee. He's doing like a little pee-pee dance right now. <laughs> totally sitting down. He's, he's ready to hit stop recording. All right. All right. Well, seriously, no, thank you, man. Thank both of you, actually, for um, trusting in me because uh, often people don't. So appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> What a way! Thanks for trusting, because nobody trusts me. Nobody trusts. Not with what I shoot. The assumptions are bad. All bad. Oh, we're gone. (laughs) Well, that's all for today's podcast. 
Join us next time for more interesting discussion about the wonderful world of photography and her dark magical secrets. I'm fascinated with Instagram. It's such a simple construct. Just take a picture and post it on the internet. The other day, I took a picture of my neighbor's pet rabbit. He told me not to post it, but you know, I did anyway. Wow, 